0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference.
1: Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno. Today, I am with Debbie Kiever, and we have a special guest with us today. We have Sandy Smith with us, who is going to share her story, and I am just so excited to hear Uh, what Sandy has to share and then to share it with you. Sandy and I have been friends uh, for quite a while. We have studied God's word together. Uh, We have been part of the same church and we have also taught at the same school. And so Sandy has been a real gift uh, to me and my family. One thing I can say about Sandy and I know you're going to hear this come through as she shares her story is I can think of many things that Sandy's passionate about, but two things that come to mind. First is the fact that Sandy loves Jesus, right? And that's why we're here at Beyond Women's Conference and now on this podcast episode to uh, teach and share and just get fired up about what God is doing here in his kingdom. And she's also passionate about history and the history of our country, things having to do with our government, especially passionate in the area of teaching and being taught about the constitution. And when you think about those two things together, uh, the history of our country and and our government and constitution, and then a love for Jesus, when you put those two things together, I think that makes for a perspective that many of us who are listening may not have, or we haven't been exposed to in the past.
2: Sandy, I just want to welcome you because you and I have seen each other from a distance and I actually have met your husband more times than I think I've met you. So I just want to thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Building podcast.
0: Thank you so much. It is really a joy to be here. It's a pleasure. Uh, I have known Laura for quite a while, and she is just someone who brings me joy. And Debbie, um, I actually have known you through my students because they spent so much time with you, <laughs> my girl <laughs> students.
2: Oh, that's, oh awesome. that, that's really neat. That's really <laughs> neat. I love my days of being there at Wilmington Christian School. Now I am excited to hear about the story. Laura's been telling me that you need to hear the story that Sandy Smith has to tell. And so I'm going to ask you a question, actually, what's the backstory you're going to be sharing with us about some exciting things that took place in your own life, but there's always a backstory to every story. So what started your interest in history? And you know, that, that proverbial, like that big light bulb that went off over your head, um, what was it that, that happened in your life that you began to see God's hand in our past, as well as our current events?
0: I think, well, first of all, I, I started to really learn to love history way back in third grade. Our teacher actually took us to the movie theater to see a musical called 1776. And I loved it. And it was telling a story about America and America, you know, who America is, is part of who I am. Mm. And so I really I, I loved that. And then, of course, I got into like the Little House on the Prairie books and that kind of history and um it just sort of grew and blossomed and as i was teaching history in elementary school i started in elementary school first um i le- i couldn't wait to get to the history book you know math and english but i couldn't wait to get to the history book um i think the first time that i realized god's hand in our um in the formation of our country was actually when i was teaching history in third grade and we were learning about christopher columbus And Columbus um, was on a ship. It was not when he was coming to America. He was on a ship that sank right off the coast of Portugal. And he was the only survivor of that wreck. And he grabbed onto a piece of wood and floated his way to Portugal. And for some reason, that's when it clicked with me. At Uh that moment, that God had his hand on the United States of America, that the the man that God used to bring to America was the only person
1: who survived that Wow, um, Wow, that is, that is pretty amazing. And I love the fact that you just have those light bulb moments um, about things that are honestly, I didn't know that part of the story. Mm-mm. And I actually taught fifth grade American history. and I didn't know that part of the story. So I think it's interesting, God, when he allows the light bulb to go off or, you know, kind of defines what our passion is, it's often in these uh, moments, you know, that are quiet and things that just he speaks to our heart on our own. And that is really... That's a pretty amazing perspective. Now you and Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. And I think that it's times like that where we just uh, recognize God's hand over the direction that he is leading our lives. Which brings yeah. us to this moment that you had, uh, you and I have known each other for a long time, like we've said, and we are Facebook friends. And I remember seeing uh, you post some pictures of uh, being in Washington, DC. And I remember um, liking the picture and then kind of thinking, I'd love to know more of the story behind that because I also do uh, love history and would love to learn more about our government system. And so as I've been talking to you, you had a a very significant uh, moment or many moments that made up a whole summer where you were able to see and understand more about our government and our constitution than the rest of us who haven't had this opportunity. Uh, Can you share with our listeners, uh, what's this part of your story all about?
0: So in 2011, I applied for something known as the James Madison Memorial Fellowship and one teacher in every state every year gets the fellowship. And I was blessed so much by God where I was um the recipient of the Maryland Fellowship in twenty eleven. And uh they would give twenty-four thousand dollars toward your master's degree and I was working on my master's at the time one of the requirements or obligations of the fellowship is that you had to go to Washington, D.C. and take a four-week-long class um, on constitutional foundations with constitutional scholars. Mm. And so we would spend the day in in classes just learning about the Constitution and about our government and its original foundations and um, what the founders intended and, and things like that. And we also had the opportunity to um, meet Supreme Court justices and um, go to the Senate and the House of Representatives and all of those things.
2: That's quite an honor. I'm thinking of you weren't on a ship that went down and holding onto one piece of wood as that was God's way of saving you for this moment. But this was quite an honor. I mean, he picked you. Out of all those teachers in Maryland, he said, Sandy is the one I'm choosing. Uh, to be able to have this experience. I mean, that that, to me, is just um, what a what a gift that that moment was for you, just so that you would get a perspective on how to further his kingdom.
1: Yeah, and I, I can imagine it was also quite a commitment because here you have the summer off, right from <laughs> teaching, and now you are going to a four year class where you are going to be the student. And you are going to, um, you know, be sitting behind the desk or experiencing all these different places that you're going to experience and be the learner yourself. But I have to say, uh, I find when I am seated behind the desk, uh, or the learner of a topic that I'm passionate about, the commitment is just all in because I want to know everything I can about, uh, the situation or the idea or the topic that I'm studying. So I can just imagine that when you received, uh, that award, that you were pretty fired up, pretty excited and ready to like book your hotel or whatever that looked like, because what a unique opportunity. And I do have to say, what, so when you went and did this for a, a summer, right? How about your family? Did you see your family? Did you come on the weekends? What did that look like?
0: I did not come home on the weekends. We actually had um, some classes that we even were taking on the weekends because it was like four weeks for three master's credits. So wow. we had to continually uh, <laughs> in class. But if I can say a little side story, Um, one morning I woke up and I had a text from my husband that said, look out the window. And he was outside and (laughs) brought me a coffee. And he walked me to my classroom on Georgetown campus and then drove all the way back up to Maryland. He just wanted to. What a guy.
1: (laughs) That is so special wow it was very special. that really is isn't it good how you get those those special moments in the can middle you just, of such a big can thing? you just
2: say your husband's name so all these other um you know all these listeners will go oh whatever a, what a great great man <laughs> who is your husband
0: my husband is pastor brian smith and he is a great great man
2: <laughs> yes he so is So shout out to you brian <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that's awesome all these other husbands are going what he went to <laughs> dc just to deliver a coffee
1: Oh, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So tell us more about, uh, your journey when you, when you reached DC, what did that look like aside from that one very special moment with pastor Brian?
0: We, we actually stayed at Georgetown university. So we were all housed, uh, uh, in the dorms. So we felt literally like we were back in college. Mm. And, um, it was very interesting because there were 50 teachers. And so we were all, um, the collegiality was amazing, Mm. but, um, different levels of understanding of the constitution. Yep. Yep. And so we were all kind of bouncing ideas and thoughts and things off each other. It was just constantly talking about government and history and the constitution. So it was a real thrill.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And what did your day look like when you were there?
0: So we would get up and um class would start between 8 and 9. I can't exactly remember what time. And we would go all day long till 3. I mean, we had lunch, but we would have different classes, foundations of the constitution, and then we would we would break off into like discussion groups and things like that, but it was pretty much class from 8 to 3.
2: Wow. Did you have any field trips along the way? Cuz I mean, we school did. is about field
1: trips. That's right.
0: <laughs> we did. And my favorite field trip was to the Supreme Court where we mm-hmm. had the opportunity to meet um, uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And that was, a, that was a real treat for me. She was uh, exceptionally gracious and mm. we got to see behind the scenes of the Supreme Court. We got to see the Supreme Court room and the, and the grandeur of it and all of that. And it was really interesting.
2: So, Sandy, you actually were in the same room having a conversation with Justice Ginsburg. I mean, that must have been an incredible experience. What any details you can remember from that conversation?
0: You know, I can't remember specific like she talked about Supreme Court cases and I can't remember specifically which ones, but a lot of times what's what's most important is the overall that you get from somebody rather than just the specific things that they had to say. And while I do not agree with Justice Ginsburg entirely on her politics, let's say, um, she was brilliant. I was mesmerized. She could just rattle off Supreme Court cases from, you know, 70 years ago Mm. that she was involved in Mm. all the way up to current ones that she was involved in Mm. and I do respect her her fight for women while I think I would have taken a different route in my uh fight for women I have to respect that she was brilliant she was charming she was teeny weeny and um (laughs) it it was just really an amazing experience
1: Yeah, especially for someone who has uh, studied American history and so passionate about government and our Constitution, I can imagine that that was a very significant moment for you. And I also love the fact that you uh, could appreciate her as a person and for the fire that she had, right, or the passion that she had for what she was uh, desiring to do or passionate about, even if your perspective or your belief on a certain situation might have been different than hers. Um, I know you shared with me that there were actually a couple of other Supreme Court justices uh, that you met while you were there at that time, and that there was a pretty significant um, ruling that was read while you were in uh, the Supreme Court.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I um, I also had the opportunity to meet um, Justice Kagan and... Um, she also was very brilliant, very funny. Um, she told us some interesting little side secret things about the Supreme Court and um, how the last person to be put on the court is the person who constantly answers the door when they are mm. uh, when they're in their room and they're debating over these cases and how they want to address the cases. Whenever somebody comes to the door, they have to knock, and it's always the lowest member of the Supreme Court that has to answer the door and get the information, take it yeah. back, and that's um, a fun fact. Yeah, it's kind of a little pecking order over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting.
1: But
0: I was I was in the court. I was actually in the courtroom when the Whole Women's Health case came down from Texas. Um, and it was an abortion case. And uh, unfortunately, it went uh, in favor of Whole Women's Health as opposed to the right to life. Yeah. Um, And that was, that was hard because when you're with a group of public school teachers, the vast majority of them tend to lean a liberal more, a little more liberal and have a little more liberal viewpoints. So they all left the court Mm. so excited and so happy. And I left very broken hearted.
1: Yeah. You know, when you shared with me what, uh, hearing you were in the room for, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure I had all my details right. And I was I was feeling that same sadness. And I can imagine being there, you know, I think when we watch it on TV, when we hear rulings read on TV or we see on the news, you know, this this decision was made or whatnot, we all have that, um, you know, heaviness that a decision that would go against God's word and against life would be made. Um, but to be there in that room and to, and to hear that hearing red must have been really, um, yeah, a really interesting or maybe maybe interesting isn't the right word difficult situation for you.
2: What yeah. an awkward, I think to feel alone to feel alone in that moment mm. where the majority of the other teachers who you're spending your whole summer with don't share your perspective. Having that biblical worldview does put you uh, in a minority. And yet I know that God has, had placed you at that time for that reason. And he was working and developing something in you, um, that he would use in your teaching you. I know that you have a pretty amazing perspective on man's law and man's justice and, and God's God's law and his, his standard of justice. What can you share a little bit more about the perspective that you've been able to grow into over these years?
0: Well, my perspective, and the one that I bring into my classroom, by the way, is um, is is it starts with the idea that man is fallen, that we are fallen and we are broken people, and that we are needy, and because we are fallen and we are broken, we seek perfection, but we 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 don't know that the, what we're seeking for is God. Mm. And so what I find in government and I teach to my students is that we have created things like law and things like justice. And it's, it's a, it's a veneer Mm. because we seek perfect justice and we seek perfect law and we seek all these perfect things. And because, man doesn't necessarily know where to find that perfection. Our government is just a a, a, a shadow of what can and should be.
1: Mm, mm. You know, I think that's interesting, Sandy, because this month, our, our topic that we are working through is the topic of freedom, right? And uh, part of living free is living under our constitution. And we're grateful for that. But your biblical perspective on that just shows that when we try to align things on our own or when man decides our own rules or our own, you know, constitution, whatever that might look like, instead of living free, we end up living bound, right? Because what you're saying here is that we're we're from a broken world and we're just trying to, we're broken people trying to fix a broken world. And we're just going to end up in a, a bound, confused state rather than this um, healthy place, this free place that God calls us, has created us to live. So when we're looking at this month with freedom, uh, man's uh, man's laws, man's rules uh, in a broken world are never gonna lead us to true freedom, right? It, it all has to come down to uh, the, the perspective that only God's law and God's ways are best.
0: Absolutely. And even, even when it comes to our government, you know, I, I tell my students, you know, look at how we have three branches and we have to separate them because man. Is is innately sinful, and so we have to separate these three branches: the lawmaking branch, the uh, law enforcing branch, and the judging branch, if you will. Mm. But when we look at God, He is the perfection. He is the perfect lawmaker. He is the perfect law executor. He is the perfect judge. We don't have to separate
1: wow. God
0: into three mm. branches. So even even when it comes to the creation of our government, it is a it is, it is man trying to reach for perfection when God is here and there is perfection, but we live in a broken world.
1: Wow. That is very, very uh, insightful. That, that is, uh, never thought of it that way before. That's pretty amazing.
2: You know, I'm thinking through, um, how long have you been teaching Sandy? I know that you're just 25 years old, but how, how many, <laughs> how many years have you been teaching?
0: I am 25, but miraculously, I've been teaching for 32 years.
2: (laughs) So 32 years, the change in students over these years, um, and I know you haven't been teaching government that whole way through, but uh, this is just off the cuff. I know we hadn't prepared you for this question, but how different is your response from kids these days when you try to bring a biblical worldview into your classroom? than maybe 10 or 15 years ago in terms of just the students have changed so much. Their worldview is so much farther away from the standard of truth. And what can you say just your, you know, outside looking in impression of our kids buying into that return to the biblical worldview, um, like they would have maybe 10 or 15, 20 years ago.
0: You know, what I'm finding with my students is um, they compartmentalize. So if I say to them that we live in a fallen, broken world, and um, because of that we, we don't have a perfect government, because we're fallen and broken, we, we need to separate power in our government, that kind of a thing, they buy into that, but it is then they compartmentalize. And so they'll, they'll accept God's word that we are fallen and broken, but they won't accept God's word when it comes to, say, abortion or homosexuality or things like that. I'm finding more and more, even my Christian students, um, and I know this wasn't the direction we were going to go, but even my Christian students are way more likely at this point to buy into the homosexual agenda, the idea that. Um, Gay marriage is okay because it doesn't affect me. It doesn't, if it doesn't affect me, then it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I'm seeing a change in. So there, what I'm seeing is a compartmentalization where they're willing to accept this idea that we're falling when it comes to government because government's bad anyway, right? You know, Mm -hmm. government always does bad things, but we're not, they're not willing to accept it when it comes to the homosexuality or the abortion issue or questions like that. Not all of them, but I'm seeing more of it.
1: Hmm. It sounds like a trend, something that is, uh, changing over time. And, and really it sounds like, uh, there's a confused worldview. Yeah. You know, I remember when I taught at Wilmington Christian school, we work just like you are, right. We're teaching from the biblical worldview. And then you have the secular worldview that in, in other, uh, schools, other institutions, but it seems like there's just a, a confused worldview out there with, uh, these students, regardless really of where they're going to school. And probably because of the influences that are coming at them from so many different directions which is honestly all the more (laughs) important of a reason to have individuals like yourself who have a solid biblical worldview and you uh, you are able to see god's hand in the subjects that you are teaching and you are able to instill in your students this passion for the truth and the understanding that it all works together like it's one worldview and if we look in history and I've never honestly looked at government from a biblical worldview, like you're sharing here. And I'm pretty amazed at this. Um, but if we look at the topics that you teach, it's, it's not hard to find God's hand throughout all of history. Uh, and it, it should not surprise me that that would overflow into government and into our constitution. I mean, we know the story of the constitution and how it was uh, formed and developed by men who were, had a biblical worldview, right? And now, for some reason, we have, um, you know, we have chosen to, to go a different way. No, I find and I it. Think... Oh, go ahead, Sam.
0: I'm so sorry. I think it's important for us to understand that the, the ideals that Americans have of equality and freedom and all of these, these, these come from God.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. You know,
0: God is the first person to say there is neither male nor female bond yes. nor free you know, but all are in christ and we are all you know that that very famous saying you know the the, the ground is level at the cross we are all equal in the eyes yep. of god and the fact that we are all equal in the eyes of god is what led our founders to understand the view of equality mm-hmm. you know god says that it is for freedom that we've been set free and that's where we get this view and understanding of liberty
1: Yes. These
0: are God's things. These are not man's things. It's just man uh, implemented them, but mm. they're perfect in God's
1: hands. Mm. Interesting. So if you go back to the word, uh, Sandy, which I know you do in all of your classes, uh, you know what is a, a scriptural reference or something that kind of comes to your mind or your heart when you think about uh, instituting a biblical worldview in government uh, that you teach your kids?
0: i actually um i i focus a lot on micah 6 8
1: Mm.
0: because I, i think when we are obedient to what god is saying in micah 6 8 he has shown you oh man what is good and what does the lord require of you to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god i feel like in many ways that is um that is the ultimate kind of of government justice mercy and um Walking with God, and mm. if if we do those things, then we don't need,
1: mm. Mm.
0: you know, we don't need the separation of powers and the division of, you know, uh checks and balances and all of that. If we are doing justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly, then that's the that's the
1: recipe, yeah. If you will, yeah, that is amazing. I love that passage, and that is that is awesome. I love that word justice in there too, and I know you do as well. Yes. Um, okay. So, you know, what we're talking about here, it's all about our worldview and really what you are doing is you are equipping the next generation to carry a biblical worldview into its, you know, workplace and their, its homes, uh, as they go forward in order to shape individuals to become world changers for the kingdom. One thing that Deb and I like to do at the end uh, before we wrap up of a conversation, uh, with a guest, is we want to, you know, give you the last word. Um, (laughs) Is there something, is there one thing, you know, what would be the last thing that you would say to our listeners really to encourage or speak truth into the hearts of those who are listening? What is like the one thing that you would say uh, if you had one more opportunity to share?
0: Um, I think I'm going to take two. (laughs) (laughs) And you may, you may. The first thing is that I want, everyone to remember, in, in this climate, when people are just arguing with each other constantly, there's no love for people who believe differently, and I mean politically, um, with one another. I want us to go back to the beginning and remember that, you know, people who are pro-choice, pro let's say, or pro-homosexuality, they are coming from a fallen viewpoint. I don't need to attack them. I need to... Um, pray against those viewpoints and teach against those viewpoints but we spend so much time attacking one another Mm -hmm. and not speaking truth to the viewpoints Mm -hmm. i also want to remind everybody that all truth is god's truth
1: Mm -hmm. every truth that
0: there is belongs to god so if there is liberty and liberty is truth then that is a truth that belongs to god anything that is not true that is not of god
1: Yes. And that yes. is,
0: I think, where we need to start our discussion. What is truth? And mm-hmm. truth belongs to God. And all of these things, whether it's about government, whether it's about specific issues in politics or all truth is God's Amen. truth. Amen. And he, he is and he is perfect truth. He is perfect liberty, he is perfect freedom. Whatever you're looking for in government is actually perfection found in God.
1: Wow.
2: You, know, you said something really huge there about the fighting between folks and I think these these this even this podcast can stir a number of reactions from different people and it comes down to my job and your job is to stand up for the truth and speak it out and declare and teach it but it is not our job to change someone's heart. You know that belongs right. to the Holy Spirit. And so as we That's- stand up for what is right I, the pressure is taken off of me to be the one to open the blind eyes and to unclog the ears that have refused to listen and to soften a cold heart, you know, the, or, or lift deception off of somebody. Hmm. My job is to know what the word says and to apply that to my life. And on these issues that need to be spoken up, you know, about to stand up, but to always do it with love because yes. otherwise you're that clanging symbol. You know and you're actually just going to make things matters worse so in terms of you know whether you're teaching your students or you're somebody there in the supreme court who's you know dialoguing and battling a point unless we are led by the holy spirit this thing is is not going to change the heart of somebody else because it's a spiritual battle we're dealing with this is not who's smarter than somebody else this is spiritually blinded or spiritually you see the light and you're free so I think that heart behind the matter, I really appreciate your heart, Sandy, I can tell um, from the way you speak, even about somebody that you don't agree with, you showed honor and respect for a yeah. position of authority even if you don't under, you don't agree with you know or support her decision. I, I just want to say like thank you for being that kind of teacher who doesn't um, slander the name of somebody else you know, but you look for the good to be able to speak up positively because that rubs off. That rubs off on your students when they pick that up from you. So Thanks. this has been fascinating. Um, you know, we've had, we're in this month of, of looking at freedom and next week we're going to be focusing on the cost of freedom. I mean, think of all the lives that have been, um, have been lost all for the sake of freedom and, and the sacrifice people have made in order to uh, let our country walk in the freedom that we are today, and that doesn't stop; that's going to continue, you know. And I think even as believers, we are we are taking we're we're counting a cost because when you stand up and you speak for a biblical well worldview, somebody's going to take a shot at you. So there's part of that cost, you know, being that teacher or that citizen who is saying, "I believe in the Word of God as the standard of truth." There is going to be opposition in your life when you do that. So not to take that lightly, you know, so we appreciate you joining us today. Um, We are always loving hearing stories of amazing folks that God is doing amazing things through. And I'm really glad when you were a number of years ago that you were chosen
1: Mm. to have that experience
2: (laughs) where your light bulb went off because God certainly has positioned you to be a person of influence right where you are, especially teaching our next generation. So as you uh, as our listeners, as we wrap up today, we just want to thank you for joining us on beyond the building in our July series on freedom. Uh, We look forward to having you join us next week. If you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast today, we invite you to share this with your friends. Um, It's exciting, right, Laura, the uh, podcast world is growing it is it's spreading it's just that's so exciting to see that. that is good yes it seems to grow even more when we bring in guests
1: absolutely we have seen that trend and we're (laughs) excited because god is speaking good things through lots of people and that is very exciting
2: yeah so that there's a message there right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyhow thanks for joining us today god bless you we look forward to be back with you again next week take care everybody
1: bye-bye thank you